0: So, so Morrison's big mania moment is going to be him stood by the side dressed as a fucking rabbit. <laughs>
1: Hello and welcome to episode six of Fresh on the Heels. I'm Stephen, joined as ever by my co-hosts Quinn. Hello. And Jay.
0: Hello, guys.
1: How are we doing, chaps? All good? Yeah, good, man. Yeah, good. Another exciting good. week of wrestling. We were out last Monday talking about all the things from the previous week. We uh, hilariously did our fast lane predictions last week. Uh, and then released the show a day after Fastlane had aired, so they didn't quite make the cut, unfortunately. But we are going to get straight into Fastlane this week, just because it was uh, the furthest away, and I feel like we need to bring it up just to remind ourselves of it. Just before we get into that, though, boys, we've got some exciting news for next week's episode. This is the brainchild of our very own Bobby the Brain Jay, who has decided to put forward the idea of us doing a WrestleMania 17 tribute show. So next week, we don't know yet if it's going to be a double episode. It depends how busy the week of everything else is in terms of wrestling. But we're going to do a whole show dedicated to WrestleMania 17, which I think we can probably all agree is, if not the top, definitely in the top two WrestleManias of all time. Yeah, 100%. Definitely, yeah. yeah. Some real good years. memories. Oh, crazy. 20 years, yeah. So it's like the anniversary of it, is it? Yeah. Unbelievable. And yeah, we're going to have a little bit of a chat through those matches, some of the uh, gimmicks at the time, some of the titles that are no longer in existence. We'd love as well if the listeners at home have any fond memories of WrestleMania 17. I'm sure if you're listening to this, you will have. Get in touch on Twitter and Instagram. It's at Fresh on the Heels, And, and let us know what you'd like us to bring up. Let's start then with the penultimate pay-per-view before this year's WrestleMania. It was Lane. It was last weekend, Quinn. I believe you stayed awake for this one. You crazy cat!
0: Yeah, I did. Yeah, I convinced myself I wasn't going to do it, but I thought it wasn't worth it. But you know what? The latter half of the show, yeah, I enjoyed it
1: massively. Definitely a, a show of two halves. I think it would yeah. be fair to say. Uh, I think a little bit of interest in the kickoff show in in the sense that after the defeat to Riddle, Ali seemed to maybe finally cut ties with Retribution. I know that we've spoke about that faction on this show before, Jay. It's been brewing for a little while. I wasn't sure what they were going to do with it, but uh, uh, a few of them left the ring and then the remaining two uh, decided to just double chokeslam Ali uh, out of his boot. So, yeah, are you happy with this?
2: Um, I don't know. I, I think they're kind of doomed from the start just because the whole outfits and everything. And we knew, we know the people underneath were not fucking idiots. You know what I mean? And considering how good the promos were for it and how long they lasted, um, all the backstage stuff and the computer and whatnot, just kind of shit the bed a bit, aren't they?
0: I don't think Ali ever really needed them. I think they were maybe a bit of a resurgence uh, after his injury. Um, I know we talked about that he was meant to be the SmackDown hacker. Um, oh, yeah. And, you know, they kind of lost some momentum for me. Uh, when they were meant to be this rebellious, we-hate WWE group and they signed exclusively to Raw. I think, that was, <laughs> I think that was probably their first mistake. But yeah, I know we mentioned uh, in the past that Ali it won't be harmed by this, and I, I hope that is the case. So, yeah, not much really to,
1: to report with Fastlane's first half of the show. So like I say, Riddle retained uh, against Ali. The women's tag team champions, uh, Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax, defeated the unlikely duo of Sasha Banks and Bianca Belair. I think this is always going to be the case. Uh, I wouldn't have minded seeing them go into that main event at WrestleMania as tag team champions together. Ultimately, I don't think they need it. Baszler getting a roll-up pin on Sasha seemed a a, a bit of a weird decision, personally. I understand that you need to keep Belair looking strong, but... Maybe the less said about that, the better. We had another Reggie sighting as well.
2: So, Jay, I can see that you're dying to talk to us about this. I had to unfollow him off Instagram this week because I just hate him so much. I can't I believe like you, you were already following him I on, on even, Instagram. You fucking out And then he just put some video up dancing. I was like, well, I hate you so much. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, we, I think we knew that what which way the tag titles were going to go. Um, but I would have preferred to see Bianca. Doing the Healy kind of stuff like Sasha did, I think Sasha's been pushed back and forward too many times, and we just expect it to turn heel now. And whereas I was, I've, I've said before, I think I don't think I don't like Bianca Blair as this smiling, over-the-top face because I think she's she's she doesn't need to be a face or heel. she,
0: she can be like an Austin, like a
2: Tweener. You know what I mean? Because she's so good. I I, I I disagree.
0: I, I don't disagree with what you're saying about the character she plays. I think she can do both very well. I think in, from a business point of view, because of what she represents and what she's... I think she's going to win, personally.
2: Yeah, yeah. And I
0: think she'll take the title. I think in a business sense, she's... I know we use this term a lot, but she's money. I think she sort of inspires... She's an ex-track athlete. She inspires young girls in general. Um, I think, yeah, I think she's... She has to be face going into this. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm, I agree that she's still going to get cheered. I just don't think it has to be as over the top as,
2: as they're doing it with her. Like, it's very like, you know, when they try to make Finn Balor smile all the time. Yeah. It's like yeah. that. I don't think it's needed because she she can get over enough with her talent alone. Seems to be a prerequisite for a lot of baby faces in the WWE
1: that smiling is paramount and it just it's not necessary all the time, especially when you're going into the biggest match of your career, if you want to talk about it in kayfabe terms. Yeah. I think as well, there was no real need for either of them to be uh, such defined in terms of good guy, bad guys. I think, yeah. you know, just this whole idea of, you know, they're two African-American women. They're going to be potentially headlining a WrestleMania, if not co-main eventing one of the nights. Bit of respect, bit of, you know, back and forth. Going into WrestleMania 17, for example, like we spoke about earlier, The Rock and Austin weren't necessarily heels and faces. They, they were just two guys who were at the top of the card, top of the game. Obviously, we know how that ended, but yeah. going into it, there was certainly no uh, shades of grey, I don't think. No, not really, no. Uh, elsewhere as well, we had Big E retaining the title, I think, <laughs> against Cruz. It was a bit of an odd finish, this one. Very, so, very strange finish, yeah. Yeah, it looked like it might have been one of the better matches of the night on paper, and it, it sort of failed to to maybe inspire just, just due to that s- sort of strange ending. Do you think, Jay, that it was... Planned this way? Do you think it was meant to look as though it was maybe contentious to set up a mania match? Or
2: I mean, I think they're going with mania anyway, aren't they? I think that's probably. I think it was probably supposed to be a finish like that, but maybe not executed as well as they hoped because the those guys, those guys are both so big. It's you need smaller guys to do that whole rolling back and forward pin thing. Cruz had a bit of a beat down on Biggie after the match as well
1: and said, "This is not over." So yeah, I think that will definitely lead into. Mania. Quinn, do you think it will
0: just be those two or do you think there might be a few other elements added? Um, I, I read something the other day about um, a lot of people protesting how they miss the ladder match that's usually... Like, they've not done in a couple of years, but that kind of used to be a staple for the Intercontinental title, didn't it? It was a, a seven-man ladder match. And um, I'd, I'd like to see... I think there's enough talent on SmackDown to bring that back that, that you don't have to incorporate these feuds that they've created in a week you can just yeah. kind of have them feuds be settled within this multi-man match, um, so I'd like to see that happen. Uh, I, I think we're probably looking at an, a rematch between Biggie and Apollo Cruz, but yeah, uh, it was then. Uh, so I remember
1: this being Jay's favorite match of the night. It was Braun Strowman beating Elias. Uh, more, more stellar storytelling. Shane got injured pre pre show or something.
2: He was pre- he was warming up, he was kickboxing in the ring and he hurt his knee. And Adam Pierce was there to ask for a doctor quickly,
1: yeah. Real, uh, real gritty stuff that kind of got everyone hooked. <laughs> uh, Elias was then begging Shane for a chance to host WrestleMania, just perform. just perform. Just perform. Just perform. sorry, yeah, yeah. What he got uh, the hosts, Hulk Hogan and the. Barking Seal Titus O'Neil best is friend. at the, the the super best friends are already hosting, so that dynamic duo. Oh God! So Elias was asked to go to the ring with Shane. Braun comes out, and Shane just quickly goes, "Oh yeah, by the way, you're replacing me in this match," and then gets off. Uh, squash match. Less said about that, the better, I think. Uh, We then had a really weird segment with Fastlane where Riddle and Nakamura started talking backstage and Riddle just effectively, like a stoner, just started chatting away about scooters and his friend Skeeter and Nakamura basically walked away and hid. This is right before his match against Seth Rollins. It just seemed like a really weird thing to throw in there. I didn't know if they'd maybe be going towards Nakamura and Riddle for a title match, but We'll probably come on to that in a moment. How that doesn't seem to be the case? Did you guys pick up on this? Like, I watched the segment.
0: I didn't really understand it. I think they probably just had a couple of minutes to fill. I mean, they're on, they're on different shows for a start. <laughs> they could, they could have a good match, I think. Those guys definitely,
2: but it's not. I don't think it's leading. I think, like you say, it was just filling time. It's like, it's like Vince has googled funny Stoner videos or something, and then, like, <laughs> hey, "Got an idea, pal." <laughs>
1: But this is where the show started turning, I think. So those two were always going to have a good match together. And this led nicely into Drew against Sheamus as well. And this is probably where you were thankful for staying up till the wee hours, Quinn. Yeah, I really enjoyed this match. The promo beforehand, the build-up between these two being yeah, friends for, for 20 years and yeah. all of the sh- like shots from the indies when they've been together in, in FCW as well. It feels like this could probably be... Mania, where the I know it doesn't appear to go exactly. going that way. But... I could have
0: said exactly the same thing with that with that promo and then leading into the, the, the how those guys performed, the fact that Drew had face paint on and kind of was sort of changed his attire a little bit, and yeah, for me that was a mania match, and it, it, we didn't we don't have to see the championship match we're seeing.
1: Yeah, it, it felt legitimate as well. You know the reason yeah. for them fighting, and I think. It's a shame, really, like you say, that it's been put on a pay-per-view that I don't think many people would have been too fussed about overall. So up next we had, it was Bliss against Orton. I had no idea how this was going to go. Uh, I wasn't sure if it was going to be a bit hokey. I think it might have been in some places, but it was effectively yeah. what we'd Sort of the
0: ending, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean,
1: I, I, yeah, I've seen the return of The Fiend, which I know you boys were... Keaton to see. We, we wasn't sure if it was going to be a little bit closer to Mania, but this felt like a good time to do it. So there were some shenanigans going around. and spit up some stuff again, mid pose on the <laughs> rope for his entrance, which I thought was pretty jokes. Um, there was another Hadouken fireball thrown at him. And then it got to a point where the, the ring set on fire. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then a ha- hand popped out from under the ring. And then the fiend
2: appeared. He looked a little bit different, didn't he, Jay? Yeah, he did. Um in barbecued, do not he? So it looked pretty cool though. But um there's a little rumour going around that they
0: think that might be Bodellas. I heard this. Yeah. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. I heard this, yeah, to kind of throw him off, I think. So he thinks he's facing the fiend and then the actual fiend will will show up good as new. Um, oh, sign me up for that. That'd be great.
1: Yeah. They've never, they've never really used Bo, have they? With with he,
0: Bray, uh, what, is he, what is he like? Um, him and Bray are both third generation, right? So, yeah, no. so they he sat there. He, he could have easily made made the redundancy cut back last summer, but he didn't. He's sat there, he's taking a paycheck. He's not injured. He's not. Yeah. So, you know, I think he would. It's, it's it's a good angle if they they try and work it
2: in. I think they'll probably do it. They're gonna obviously have a match of Mania, I think. We think it's going to be cinematic in it, I presume. And Randy will be facing Alexa and the four faces of Wyatt.
1: Oh, okay. You think they might do that similar to how today they did with the Cena thing? Yeah. Yeah, okay. I'll be up for that. Yeah, I completely forgot that Bo was even still in the company. I don't know why he was never really involved in that original Wyatt family stuff, because it, it just makes sense. He's, he's a, little, a, little, little, a little brainy. Related.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, Okay, so yeah, we, that'll be interesting to keep an eye on. And then we had the main event, which I just absolutely loved. I thought it was just fantastic from start to finish. I thought the way that they told the story, I thought Brian had a little side to him that I've not really seen in a little while. He he wasn't a heel, but he was really cocky and confident and he was getting inside Roman's head. Roman played the part perfectly. Uh, this must have been justification for the
0: late night win. Yeah, 100%. Um, I couple of things that i didn't feel needed to happen if it turns out that it was a heel turn by edge i, d- I don't know if it was necessary but i was just being, sort of mentioned to jamie a couple of days ago that i read uh, that vince is worried that they'll still cheer roman over edge so he wants to he wants to include a face so hen- hence edge's heel turn to then include a face daniel bryan i don't see that at all. I can't see you. um uh Raymond James Stadium cheering Roman Reigns over Edge, but I could be wrong. All, all round, great match though. Great match.
2: Dude, he he hit Reigns afterwards as well, didn't he? So it wasn't just Brian at least. Yeah. I thought he, he was really good, like how angry he looked. He looked like fucking Wolverine or something.
0: Yeah, um, yeah.
2: Edge is just so good. And like you say, he's not gonna get booed because it's edge and he's everyone wants to see him and it's gonna be fans back. No one's gonna it's funny that Vince, Vince has wanted Brains to get cheered for so long and now he's scared about Brains getting cheered naturally. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Just fucking hell, Vince. Just let people do what they want. So
1: it looks like, fingers crossed, Brian is going to get inserted into this main event. I think it's a matter of time. We're, we're recording again on Friday, so it's prior to SmackDown. I think it's going to be announced tonight that Brian is going to get in that match or at least have an opportunity to get in that match
2: um, I think I might have mentioned last week. I, I think I could see it being a triple threat. I think I, I think we'll get Brian V Edge one on one, maybe next week. And and if he beats Edge, then he gets in. Um, which he probably will again. It could be by hook or crook or whatever, but
0: I think they might go down that route. Roman tapped. He did. Yeah. So that for me, that I reckon that's his that's his direction, isn't it? That's that he feels now that he should be. And is the universal champion. So, um, and that was his whole promo when he, the, which I've watched back three or four times now. That promo between Edge and Bryan on Last Week's SmackDown. There's just you can feel the passion in it, and it's you don't get to see many promos like that these days. And listening to him talk about the reasonings and uh, just the way that finished that whole uh, "You're better than this, but you're not better than me." Oh, I've got goosebumps talking about it. Jesus, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so I think they'll go down this road about the fact that Roman taps.
1: I'm going to move on now then to our overall thoughts about Mania this year. We're going to bring in parts of Raw to help us along the way here. And obviously we haven't seen tonight's Smackdown because it's not been on yet. So let's just have a look at the Mania picture for this year. We're thinking, we're thinking it's going to be a triple threat for the... Title on SmackDown: Bryan, Edge, and Reigns. We're thinking that it's going to be uh, heel Sasha against Belair. I know that you've mentioned already, Quinn, that you think Belair is going to probably win that. Are you aligned with that kind of thinking, Jay?
2: Yeah, I think she'll. I think she'll walk out champion.
1: So we spoke a little bit about Sheamus earlier. He lost to Ashley on Raw, and then just seemingly by happenstance met again uh, a really overly talkative riddle backstage and decked him with his own scooter. Got caught in scooter talk. (laughs) Yeah, Jesus. Scooter! Are we thinking that this might be Seamus's route at Mania? Like, is he going to be going for the US title just out of nowhere?
2: I think so. Yeah, I don't think they just do it for no reason. I think they'll... They like to just build a rivalry out of nothing, don't they? So, And um, I will not be opposed to it. I'm sure they'd have a good match, but it's a bit lazy. But I'd rather that than Sheamus just get left off.
1: Braun defeated Elias again, just in case you were hungry for more. Uh, this led to Braun offering Shane out for Mania. And I think Shane created the stipulation that Braun can have him in any match he wants, oh, from, did it? from what I understood. So, slime match, do we think? I don't know or care. Uh, that'll be so bad as well that it will not even pre-show. It'll probably make, it'll be main event. <laughs> probably main event night too. Raw ended again with just a bit more continuation of the Orton-Fiend feud. So he went to set him on fire again. Classic Randy move. Uh, just a bit of arson against another human. And instead he changed his mind. He RKO'd him. But then the Fiend stood up, got him in the mandible claw, and the show ended with with him... Uh, you know, standing
2: over him again. Yeah, Alex, Alex has got some heat off Randy Orton's life apparently for uh, straddling him at the end of the show. For that sexy pin. So, mania shaping up.
1: It was then time to move on to our favourite show of the
2: week, I think it's fair to say. NXT. I can't wait for standing to deliver already. Black and gold.
1: The old black and gold brand delivering yet again. What was really interesting this week on NXT, I don't know if you boys noticed this, the in-ring action was really good, as it always is. But I felt that they did the stuff outside of the matches really well, just to develop everything along nicely. So the in-ring action, we had Raquel Gonzalez and Dakota Kai defeating Io Shirai and Zoe Stark. Thought that was a good way of keeping Gonzalez and Io together think with Stark, she had a good chance to show her talent. And she ended up taking the pin, but I don't think that's going to hurt her really. There was also a really good match as well between Bronson Reed and LA Knight, which I think, I don't know if it was his first match on NXT, but just a a good chance to see what they're both capable of, because Bronson Reed's someone who I think people sleep on a little bit. He's not maybe the most exciting, but that tsunami splash that he hit off the top rope just looked absolutely devastated. And yeah, LA Knight Losing on telly is maybe not the ideal start for him, but I think he's, he seems like quite a good talker. He seems like quite a well-rounded character. What are your
0: opinions on him, Quinn? So I think this match, so it's his second um, match. He had one last week against a jobber. I don't know much about him. I think I know that from his earlier stuff, um, Eli Drake. Drake, that's it, yeah. So he's sort of big in impact, I think. Um, really good on the mic. He's sort of... That chiseled look that I think Vince loves in a wrestler, and I think what we mentioned earlier about not just having rivalries or feuds for the sake of having them—they've done this really well here because they've got this little spark between, Cam, um, and it's like Cameron Grimes and Bronson Reeds and LA Knight, and it is a feud that they probably want to maybe do for a little bit, and they've just incorporated it into—they've not just given us a match that stand and deliver between them; they've incorporated it into the qualifier for the number one contender for the North American Championship, which I like, again, and it just shows that NXT have got their head screwed on. And we know this. We know this. We see it week in, week out, and they've just thought that nobody actually just wants to sit and watch that again. We'll do it on a Wednesday night, and then if we want to continue that feud, here it is in a multi-man battle royal sort of thing.
1: LA night, he, he sort of looks like uh, Alex Riley and the Miz fucked and had a baby, didn't he? He's kind of got that vibe to him. But... The announcements surrounding the show were what really got me excited, particularly, I, I probably think it did for you guys as well. There was the sh- footage from the gym with Cole and Riley getting into it, which felt really throwback to some of the best stuff that they do in wrestling, where people just get involved when the cameras aren't rolling. It was just like security cam footage. I know it was a little bit edited, but... It was, uh, it was a good way of just continuing that. Riley then, oh, sorry, O'Reilly then arrived at the arena and was approached by uh, Roderick Strong. Strong was sort of saying, you know, we need to go kick Cole's ass for what he's done to us. And O'Reilly kind of dismissed him and said, it's, you know... it's Yeah, it's that
0: hurt a bit, man.
1: Not us anymore. Yeah, I know. That is the the end of it. And, and as a result, Strong kind of told him to, you know, to go like fuck himself or whatever that he said. He probably didn't say that, but it seems like... I, I thought we might have ended up with a triple threat between these two, uh, between these three, sorry, because I thought it would have been a good way of just having what have arguably been the best three wrestlers on NXT for the last couple of years going at it. It seems like Strong is not going to be involved in that match at Standing Delivery, do we
2: think, Jay? Yeah, well, he's, he's in the, um, the Eliminator thing, isn't he? And I think he could potentially be the one to win it. I think him and Gargano could put on a, a very good match.
1: Yeah, exactly. And that leads us nicely into that announcement. So there's going to be a battle royale next week, 12 competitors. The remaining six will then automatically qualify for the gauntlet match and night one of Stand and Deliver. And then the winner of that gauntlet match will go on to face Johnny Gargano at night two of Stand and Deliver. There's some big names in there. There's Pete Dunne, we've
2: already mentioned, Roderick Strong. You've got Kushida. Yeah. Bronson Reed, LA Knight, Austin Theory, Cameron Grimes, who I think will get thrown out first. The person that isn't in it who I feel really bad for is Only Lorcan because he's had his title taken off him and now he's not doing anything. And yeah. only, I agree great really Only Lorcan. I think he's a really good wrestler. Yeah,
1: Lorcan had a great match as well with, with Cross. Uh, really sad news that we need to just sort of mention that Danny Birch has suffered a pretty bad injury. He's going to be out for about six months. This was on last week's television in that tag team title match against Finn and Cross. And, yeah, they've had to relinquish the titles. This was a bit gutting because I thought they had a good little thing going on. And me and my partner were talking about Ernie Lorcan as a result of this, and it just seems to have been a real hammer blow to his career because as good as he is in the ring, it kind of messes with that faction that he's got with Pete Dunne and Pat McAfee. It kind of messes with him... I don't know if he's maybe believable enough as a singles wrestler to to stay in that faction. I don't know if they'll maybe recruit someone else to be his tag team partner. What are your overall thoughts on this Birch injury, Quinn, and how it might lead to lead to Only Larkin's future?
0: Um, I agree with you, and Jamie, really. I think it's such a shame because the guy is the talent. Um, I don't know if you guys both remember this, but they have tried a singles push on him before, and he kind of got pushed through uh, 205, didn't he? and he sort of did um he wasn't really faced or heel he kind of just did a lot of open challenges on 205 and he won week in week out and then i think um birch came back from injury and then they pushed them back as a tag team i think they tried to have a a dig at the uk titles tag titles and then came back to um NXT so yeah i just it's a shame because he's 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 very good at what he does and I, d- I don't know what the dynamics are if you were to bring McAfee back and put him back with Dunn or if it would have worked as well if you just they didn't have to vacate and you just stuck the titles on on Dunn as the extra stable member uh, which we've seen them do before they did with Undisputed Era and um, that sort of stuff so I don't know, I don't know if he'll just fall by the wayside now, like Jamie said, it would have made perfect sense to stick him in that Eliminator
2: I think that stable might just fall by the wayside now unfortunately, I think they'll just not acknowledge yeah. it that'll be, that'll be it, Dunn will go and do his own thing Potentially, I think it'll be him or Strong to face Gargano, and then he's just gonna probably job, unfortunately. But he re- he is he's so good, man. He's just that like a like a pit bull. He reminds me—I don't like to mention the name—of uh, Chris Bumah a bit. You know, he's just rabid, and you know, yeah.
1: It is a real shame. It's 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 funny, isn't it? How you know an injury to to another person can have such a big impact on your own career. I really hope that they keep walking about. And I feel like I wasn't sure if with the, the McAfee thing, that the gimmick that he has is that he's kind of like this rich guy and he can bring in what he wants. Do you think that maybe a repackaged member of Retribution might come and show themselves as a as a tag team partner for Lorcan and they continue that four-man troop? Or do you think there's no need for it now that Undisputed Era have, have
0: gone? I think you're right with what you're saying about uh McAfee's gimmick. I think it is just the case that he can throw money at it. So he, yeah, it that that stable can probably, if they want to use it again, easily be repackaged and he's paid brought someone else in. I don't know if he'll get if he'll send retribution back. I don't know if they'll just try and find they'll end up on main event probably. But uh, <laughs>
1: With the current NXT roster, it's maybe hard to see who would be a logical tag team partner for Lorcan if they try and get him back into that picture. Um, but yeah, the the more, more positive news, like I say, it's going to be a case of an opportunity now for, for three tag teams that I quite like all three of them, you know. So it's going to be MSK against Grizzled Jung Veterans, against Legado de Fantasma, triple threat tag team for the now vacant tag team titles that Birch and Lorcan have had to relinquish. Good stuff all around. I didn't think this would happen when we spoke about it last week, but uh, dared to dream. And obviously somebody, I think William Regal might have been listening to this pod. Walter absolutely murders Drake Maverick within about 30 seconds. Great, great example of how a squash match should be booked. Uh, my partner goes, why has he got his jeans on? I'm like, well, there's no point getting dressed. Is there? There's no point in getting into your actual wrestling <laughs> yeah. game. You might as well just take your T-shirt off and go get power powerbombed until you pass out. And then out came Tommaso Ciampa. And uh, yeah, I just didn't see this happening. He said that I said a few weeks ago that you intrigue me, and I misspoke. It's that that intrigues me. And he pointed at the NXT UK Championship. He challenged Walter to a match. Walter said no. Nine, so Champa just started doing the most Austin thing you've ever seen, and just battering three dudes like who were much bigger than him. This led to. Walter getting a, a huge chop on Champa and, and flooring him, and then accepting the challenge. felt <laughs> it. Oh man, yeah, it came through the TV, didn't it? I'll come to you first, Jay, on this one because I know that you were the man who who first brought it up.
2: You must be chuffed with this one. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, if he wins, I'll lose my shit. <laughs> I, th- I think it's time for Walter to drop. So it'll be it'll be interesting, but I just don't know how that would work with Champa. Is Champa going to go to England or? Uh, but yeah, I think potentially that could steal the steal the whole WrestleMania weekend that match if, if they get given good time. Because I mean look what Walter did with Tyler and Champer and Tyler are similar statures, kind of similar style. It's gonna be it's gonna be great, I think. Quinn,
1: I know that you were keen on this idea as well. Uh, I completely agree with Jay there as well, that it could be the match of the entire week in that WrestleMania week. What are your thoughts?
0: Same as what Jamie was saying, I'd love to see Champet take the gold. Um, I think it's probably the right time for Walter to drop. Um, it's just how they go about that. I know we've seen in the past people challenge for the UK title from NXT. So I think we've had, we've seen Adam Cole, Gargano, possibly Roddy as well, off the top of my head, that have all had matches against either Pete Dunn, Tyler, and to no avail. But... Yeah, I just think it'd be great watching, looking, thinking back to to when Champa had Goldie, and just all the things he could do with it. And the
2: the only question mark for me is on that is is where is uh, Thatcher fit, fitting into all this? Because he's not been seen, true. and the only reason that Champa is around Imperium at the moment is because of the Thatcher thing. So I just hope it's not a case of Champa loses because Thatcher turns on him, but... Yeah, they've been trying to get Thatcher back into Imperium, haven't they? And I think that,
1: that do you know what? I, I'd love to see Champa win the belt. You're talking about maybe 720 days now, Walter's had it, but the, I've got no issues with Walter retaining either. If it leads to Thatcher getting into Imperium, it's going to be a great match. Like you say, it might be one of the best of the entire week. It's just something that's like really exciting and something that I wouldn't have called at all Let's loop back to the undisputed era before we get on to the, the real meat and potatoes of NXT, the stuff that got the internet talking. The confrontation between Cole and O'Reilly at the ringside. Regal was there, quite a few officials were there. In, insane promo from both of these two again. It felt like these two absolutely hate each other. And aside from Brian and Edge in recent weeks, it's been ages since I can remember two people putting uh, a package together where it seems like they just genuinely dislike each other. And I know we're going to speak about WrestleMania 17 next week. And I know I was a lot younger then, but I genuinely felt like Austin and the Rock were going to murder each other. I know we spoke about Triple H and his feuds against McFoley. You felt like those two were not friends. And this one, because of the history between the two men, what were your th- overall thoughts on, on Cole and O'Reilly's segment to end the show?
0: Yeah, it's it's really hard to sort of keep k alive these days, isn't it, uh, with the internet? and Oh, God, how old did I sound? <laughs> with the internet. <laughs> and the Google. With that bloody Google. With that Google machine. Um, but no, you, you felt it, didn't you? You really felt it. Like, this, like, it, I cannot wait. I can't talk about it, I'm excited.
1: Yeah, it felt really personal. He said that I sold my soul for the Undisputed Era and I want it back. And there was just so many little lines that were just really good. And he referenced the fact that, that UE have gained a lot of heat backstage and from Regal, just from the four-on-one attacks, the sneak attacks and stuff. And it it's just like, yeah, you, you would have done. Because like you've just been like at the top of the card for so long and you've just been doing whatever you want now that it's broken down. And it's great because they're, they're doing a similar thing, aren't they, on on Dynamite with Omega, where he's maybe making just one too many enemies. He, he's losing the even the people that sort of respect him the most, like the books, Cole is doing this now with everyone. He's, he's not making any friends anywhere. And it's leading up to this great point where he could probably leave NXT as, as, as much as I don't want him to. He will be able to just get out of there and, and have no strings. There's, there's no NXT left for Adam Cole. I don't think I have to stand and deliver, but they've, they've done it incredibly well. And, I suppose that leads us nicely onto the the final segment for this show. Uh, It came just prior to this, actually, and there was a nice little backstage sort of crossover between Adam Cole and and the man who came out to announce the stipulation for the Jordan Devlin and Santos Escobar match. So Devlin had a really good match with Kushida back and forth. Uh, He got the pin, really nice little pinning combination, actually, from Devlin. It looked pretty cool. And the... Legado Del Fantasma got involved, and then out came Escobar. They didn't get into it. They just had this point where they were stood holding up each other's titles and saying, you know, I'm number one, I'm the undisputed champion, it's me. And then music hit that I've not heard in a little while. Just a sexy boy. So it's only right that, based on the sexy boy's tune coming on, I go over to to you first, Quinn. Hmm. Oh, no, sorry, sorry, I mean Jay. (laughs) What were your thoughts when HPK came out? Because I wasn't quite sure what was going on, but it, it soon made
2: perfect sense, didn't it? No, oh, I didn't know what was going on at first, but I liked it. I popped for it. I'm um, glad well, he has his cowboy hat on because I don't want to see what's underneath that. <laughs> yeah, it just comes out and just slides a little ladder in there. But we had just before he came out, there's the backstage call and HPK a little. I love that. Yeah. Well, imagine imagine
0: if it was ten years earlier. Jesus. Um, That was almost like a rite of passage, wasn't it? It was a bit like uh, HBK looking at Cole thinking I've been there and the other way around saying that's where I'll be sort of thing. And I I really, really like that. And then, yeah, he throws this ladder into the ring, obviously harking back to the unification match he
1: had with Razor at WrestleMania. Mm. It's going to be a great match. I wasn't sure if more
2: people would get involved in this unification. Seems to just going to be those two, though. Yeah, I'm all right with that. Yeah. I mean, like we say, we're talking about Trent, but I don't think that's going to happen. But again, every single match on Stand the card is there's no piss break matches. None. No. I mean, that's very rare.
1: There were some other little bits of news throughout the week. We've found out that there's a couple of new inductees into the Hall of Fame. A uh, bit of a mixed bag, you'd have to say. There was the big red machine Kane, who I absolutely love. Less so was corporate Kane, but he's got a, a place in my heart all the time as, as masked Kane. And then there was uh, another giant of wrestling. It was the great Carly.
2: I mean, <laughs> try to forget. <laughs> but yeah, I do remember his debut and him coming out and. Tells saying something along the lines of "What the
0: fuck is that?"
2: Then not he might have bleeped him out even? And then I really, I still can't, I still can't believe it's true. Um, I think Trump deserves to be in the Hall of Fame more than the Great Cali. <laughs> <laughs> He's a one-time world champion.
0: We'll just do a a quick request to anybody listening to the podcast if they can get us on Twitter. If anybody can tell us uh, over on Twitter at, at Fresh on the Heels uh, who. Great, Kali won his one and only world title from. That'd yeah,
1: great. Uh, top five Kali matches, if you can, as well in in chronological
2: order. <laughs> yeah, the, the... He went on to be the the Punjabi Playboy, and uh, <laughs> what? as you say, he couldn't he couldn't walk, so Vince decided to try and make him dance um, naturally, and, and uh, people had to kiss him, and um, wow. Listen, I,
1: I know that the WWE Hall of Fame isn't anything to, you know, hold your hat up to. It's not it's not something that's the pinnacle of, of uh you know the wrestling business. It I, should be. It should be, but there's just too many people in it now. I feel sorry for Kane that he's going in there the same year as the great
2: Kylie. Batista's pulled out because they want to wait for it to to have a crowd to induct him. And I think Kane deserves that as well. I think Kane's had more televised matches than anyone in history. Right. And he's been in more Royal Rumbles and like you say, back. I mean, last corporate came wasn't great, but other than that, when I first started watching, he's one of my favorites, and such a such a good worker as well for a big guy. I think he's the best big guy wrestler I've ever seen.
1: Yeah, hundred percent. Elsewhere, we saw some news that Impact are moving their pay per view, their upcoming pay per view from Saturday to Sunday. This is to avoid clashing with the UFC. I believe this is going to be the first time UFC have had fans for a little while. Uh, in america so it's going to have quite a lot of hype around it dana white's putting a lot of money into this seems to just be good business sense that i think it's maybe you know a a genuine concern that they would lose viewers if that was the case quinn i think you keep up to date with impact certainly more so than myself Uh, is there any anything to this that you think you know might be a bit more untoward? because i know they're changing their weekly show as well is that correct
0: they're changing the weekly show, yeah, um, but that's because of the NXT moving to Tuesdays. Uh, so their impacts um, is on a Tuesday night. So I think they just obviously don't want to be get caught in a ratings war because I don't think that's one they'd win really. Um, so yeah, they've transitioned. They were originally on Thursdays, I think. So yeah, just going back to their original date. Um, in terms of the pay per view Rebellion, I think this one's called. It is a title-v-title title match. So it's the Impact World Champion Rich Swan versus the AEW World Champion Kenny Omega. Uh, and unless something, somebody gets involved and something happens and it's a no contest, I think we're going to see Omega be crowned Impact World Champion, uh, personally. So I think that might be part of the reasoning for rescheduling that pay-per-view as well, because it's quite, Big title change, especially with their working relationship going forward with AEW. So, uh, and like you said before, Omega's sort of top heel at the minute, isn't he? And sort of make enemies left, right, and center. I still think it's a weird, weird thing to stick that on another promotions champion. To stick your title on another promotions champion, but they they've obviously got a direction to go in. They obviously know what they're doing.
1: Yeah, they seem to be really invested in this territory style business model where it would have been probably commonplace back in the day for champions to mix brands. And I think they're definitely trying to create that vibe where tune into Thursday Night Impact because the champion's going to be on the show. He might might rock up on New Japan. He might end up on AEW. Things are going to happen, and it's kind of making it unmissable television, I suppose, in a sense. And just nicely linked, actually, onto AEW because we spoke last week about there being quite a lot of people – heavily involved in in almost every angle. And we we were talking about this sort of instance where there are a lot of factions, a lot of different tag teams within these factions. And a guy got in touch on Twitter, actually. I was having a conversation with him about not really being able to quite connect with AEW myself. And he just referenced the fact that, you know, faction warfare is... Sorry, faction warfare is unique to wrestling it creates more logical booking points for the company. So the, the way that he said it basically was the new Japan book themselves around factions and it lays things out more clearly. So not all the baby faces are friends with each other uh, and definitely like not all the heels like each other as well. And it's a dynamic that makes it to so where you get exciting baby face versus baby face matchups that feel organic. Uh, Jay, I know that you were quite, Big on what AW were doing with this faction warfare, and you've maybe seen some more examples of it across New Japan and, and whatnot. Is this something that you think is it? You know, does it make sense to you that having
2: all these factions created is just going to lead to more logical storytelling down the line? Yeah, I've never really thought about that. that's a good point that that guy's made. Um, it makes sense as well, yeah, because you don't always have to have this good versus evil thing, and we got it a bit in NXT because like Undisputed Era, the McAfee and all that lot, but UE aren't that much of a face group, you know, so it was almost, it was like heel versus heel. So that made, that's a good point to be fair. Um, and then you've always got, then you've always got stories to pull from and you don't just have to make one up on the spot like we see on Warren Smackdown sometimes. So yeah, it makes sense to be fair. Yeah, definitely. Thanks to Casey Smith for,
1: for clarifying that for us on Twitter. And I, I guess, you know, moving forward because I I do really want to try and get into AEW a lot more. I I think once I can get that faction warfare angle into my head, which I don't think they've explicitly kind of labelled it that way, have they? They've been doing it maybe a little bit more organically under the radar. uh, And maybe that's where I've been able to or maybe that's where I've missed the the thing that they're going for. So maybe if you look at it more as all of these factions intertwining, having logical matches that might be something that can certainly help me. And if anyone's listening who has had a similar problem with AEW, that might be something that's worth sort of noting. Okay, we're going to move on then to our ongoing building of our Mount Rushmore's of professional wrestling. So are you boys ready this week? Yeah. Yeah. Let's get to it. Just as a reminder for anyone who hasn't listened yet, you can go back and listen to our shows. We are available on Spotify, Acast, iTunes, wherever you get your podcasts. We are building between ourselves a professional wrestling Mount Rushmore. It is the best wrestlers in our opinions with a little twist in that once one of the wrestlers has been taken by the other two hosts, they are not available for yours. We're going to start this week with Jay, your third member for your Mount Rushmore, please.
2: Yes, so... We have already mentioned him in the show this week. Mr. WrestleMania, the heartbreak kid. Shawn Michaels. Nice. Yes. And yeah, great. The GOAT, in my opinion. The best in-ring worker I've ever seen. All his WrestleMania matches. Jericho, Angle, Flair, Undertaker twice, and then back when he faced Bret Hart and Austin. First Grand Slam winner. No one quite hits a kick like him. The, the, the stories he tells of his faces in the ring. You know, I, I, still, I still cry every time I see that I'm sorry I love you before he twats flair in the face. Yeah. And in my opinion, Shawn Michaels with the Undertaker WrestleMania 25 is the best professional wrestling match I've ever seen. Yeah,
1: I can't, I can't disagree with you there, buddy. That's a, that's a great shout. So HBK yeah. makes the, the mount. Quinn, you were nodding your head throughout all of that that Jay was saying. Much else to
0: add? Yeah, though? no, not at all. Um, I agree with everything uh, that Jamie's just said. The only thing that I may want to add is the same thing I added to when Jamie mentioned Triple H last week and that is he's the formation of DX. The, I mean, I know we didn't really watch it back then, but like their whole Monday night uh, War thing and their invasion of WCW and just the whole collectiveness as a group is like they defined stables didn't they there'd be no well there will be a stable without DX I know that's we have HBK to thank for that
1: lovely so joining Ric Flair and Triple H on Jay's Mark Mushmore is the heartbreak kid that's a strong strong Mark Rushmore so far so it's up to you now then Quinn who are you picking for week three
0: I mean I can't top that uh, for this week but again mine's been very easy um, I know there's a very long list but I've kind of tried to focus this around who I enjoy watching and can watch time and time again and similar notes to to Jamie saying that he's never seen a, a bad match on this front um added to my Mount rushmore is going to be the phenomenal AJ Styles oh nice very nice yeah um obviously bill his the basis of his career in New Japan and Impact, formerly known as TNA, where he was like a homegrown star there and came up. I don't think we've really seen the tip of the iceberg of what he can achieve in WWE. I, I like to think that he's got a few good years left in him. But he, he debuted at the Rumble. He's been uh, he's one belt off being a Grand Slam champion. It just he's great on the mic. He's a great face, a great heel in the ring. I've never seen him put a, a wrong foot. Like I, I think I've enjoyed every match I've ever seen him in. He make you know going against the likes of Brock Lesnar or Randy Orton or Daniel Bryan, like they, they just, they're just showstoppers every time. And yeah, I just think there's, there's a lot more we can, see, we can see from him in his WWE days. But yeah, it's got to be the phenomenal one, AJ Styles.
1: Yeah, very nice.
0: I yeah, I love AJ, man. He wasn't someone who maybe would have been an obvious
1: choice. I don't think but the more you think about it, he's fantastic in the ring. He's great on the mic. He believes the earth is flat. Um, what else can you say about him, really? <laughs> he's uh, No, he's phenomenal. Jay, have you got uh, fond memories of watching AJ through your
2: growth as a wrestling fan? Yeah. So obviously I've, I've not watched too much of his, his older stuff. I've, I only own him from WWE really, but I'm in some of the stuff from Japan that he's done, um, but yeah, everything he's done in WWE has been, he's been great. And he, he doesn't seem to age. I mean, he's in his 40s and he's still just as good now and can do ridiculous things. That match with Balor, when he he had to fly about 18 hours to get there and had no sleep because Roman Reigns had mumps or whatever it was. And he, they still stole the show. When you could see he, was, he could barely have his eyes open, and when you can do that on no sleep, uh, just testament to what a talent he is. So great pick,
1: Quinn. Joining Chris Jericho and Eddie Guerrero is AJ Styles, and again, that's
0: uh, that's some trio you've got built so far. Yeah, I think I'm certainly going down a, a high flying route. Aren't I know, I think.
1: Yeah, you've got like the technical guys, uh, and you've got some of the best heels going, Jay. Uh, and I'm going to bring in to join The Rock and Daniel Bryan this week uh, another fairly blockbuster star that I was surprised that maybe hasn't gone yet. Uh, it was his own special day recently. It landed on the day of my birthday. It is Mr. 316 Stone Cold Steve Austin. What? 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 Absolutely love Stone Cold. He is going to feature heavily next week when we bring up our WrestleMania 17. Uh, I think it's only fair if you've got the rock on your Mount Rushmore that you have the man who made the rock the rock. Uh, I think I mentioned last week that Triple H would have made it as well because I thought those two did great. But those three, uh, y- you know, they just built up wrestling from from the ground for me when I was of that age. It was watching those three at it all the time. Austin was like nobody else at the time, drinking beers, drinking his Steve Weisers, drenching people in the ring with beer, rocking up a, during the invasion angle with a like a pipe and just battering people and stunnering them. And, Big Stone called Steve Austin gets on my Mount Rushmore this week. I think he was going to be on someone's
0: eventually. Do you know what? Surprisingly, hasn't crossed my mind. Not high, what? not high flying enough for you. <laughs> uh, no, but I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad you've put him on yours. To be fair, he, he does deserve to be there 100, percent and um, he's such a sort of fundamental part of our as a collective fondest memories of wrestling. Great. Great choice. Yeah, I can't agree enough. Uh, and funnily enough, my pick
2: this week, I did have Austin slash HBK. I couldn't decide. But I had a feeling somewhere that Webbo might have actually chose Austin. I don't know why. I just thought he's going to come up. It was in the ether. So I'm, I'm yeah. glad. I'm glad he was there. One of the best workers of all time. Probably the best. You, you never heard a pop like Austin got. Like To this day, you don't You don't get that, that reception. Funny as well. All the stuff with Vince was great. Like um, I always love the stuff he with Kurt Angle. Like they had such good chemistry. The supermarket fight with Booker T. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> he stunned Donald Trump. He stunned Linda McMahon. Uh, two of the worst bumps ever, but still, he uh, stunned
1: everyone. I think he must have stunned everybody. Uh, but yeah, some some good picks again, boys. I'm enjoying this. It, I think there's only one pick left now for each of us. I to- think so. I think Jay referred to this the other week. There's going to be some big names missing. We might have to do a little honorary mention, but it's uh, it's down to our final three next week. Right, boys, it is time for the hotly anticipated round of professional guessler. I believe Quinn is 2-1 up in the series, which is true. nobody saw coming. And... Oh, but not even me. <laughs> not even, yeah. So we're on cameras this week. As a result, Quinn, you've got you've got a nice little pose there. Prayer hands. Let's go for Shawn Michaels. Prayer hands, both of you. And let's begin this week. There are six clues, just to remind anyone who hasn't listened before or has forgotten. Six clues. You can buzz in after any clue or at any point if you buzz in and get the answer wrong you cannot buzz in again until the next clue has been read so you do open it up for your opponent each of them is a professional wrestler from past or present and all you have to do is give me their name buzzers this week we'll just go with your Matt rushmore's again shall we so okay. quinn your buzzer this week is going to be flat earth so on three if you can give me a test of your buzzer one two three
0: Flat Earth,
1: Jay. On on three, your buzzer. If you can test it out for me, is going to be sexy boy. So one, two, three.
0: Sexy boy, sexy boy.
1: <laughs> Lovely. Okay. Clue number one for wrestler number one. I was born in August of nineteen eighty-six. I have had two notable finishing moves during my career both paying homage to former WCW Tag Team Champions. In WWE, I wrestled mostly as a face, but turned heel in December 2016 at Roadblock, end of the line. No buzzes? Okay. I have also wrestled for PWG and AEW, Sexy Boy. Sexy Boy, that is Jay. (laughs) Is it John Moxley? John Moxley is incorrect. Ah, Quinn, I would advise that because of the way this game works, it is worth having a guess now. (laughs) Okay.
0: In that case, is it Cody Rhodes?
1: Cody Rhodes is incorrect. Next clue. I was scheduled to make my debut for AEW at the first Double or Nothing pay-per-view. But due to creative differences, the match was cancelled.
2: Sexy boy. Jay? Is it Pac?
1: My favourite band is The Specials and my favourite football team is Newcastle United. to the boys? The bastard Pac.
2: we are you, bastard?
0: Yeah, he was... Uh, he was- open gate whatever champion at the time wasn't he and he didn't like the direction he wanted to go in for double or nothing I do remember that was he meant to lose to hangman
1: that's correct yeah he attacked yeah. Paige and then uh, his former finishing moves as well just as a reminder so the corkscrew um, was homage to Billy Kidman uh, who was a WCW tag team champion and the rings of Saturn he did for a little while as well which is of course Perry Saturn's of course he did, didn't he? Yeah. Um okay so one nil to Jay wrestler number two I have wrestled for New Japan, WWE, WCW and TNA. I have won United States tag team, intercontinental and heavyweight titles, as well as being involved in the Wrestling Observer's Match of the Year in 1994. In 1983, I was charged with second-degree murder after shooting a man with my own gun. I have wrestled under the ring names of Starship Coyote and the Diamond Stud. No guesses, okay. During my Hall of Fame induction speech in 2014, I stated, Hard work pays off, dreams come true. Bad times don't last, but bad guys do. Sexy boy. Jay. Scott Hall. I was part of the clique and the original NWO lineup. It is Reza Ramon. Hey Jay. yo. Hey yo.
2: 1994
1: match of the year was indeed that aforementioned HBK ladder match at WrestleMania 10. Oh, of course. The unification match. And yeah, I didn't know he'd been charged with second degree murder, but he got away with it due to lack of evidence. Go on, Hall. Okay, so it's 2-0 to Jay, so it's going to tie the series, but it's time to play for Pride, Quinn. Third wrestler this week, and final wrestler. I made my debut in professional wrestling in 1985 as a high-flying babyface. I have wrestled for TNA and was inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame in 2015. In 2000, I became Pro Wrestling Illustrated's Comeback of the Year wrestler. Flat Earth. Mm. Go on, Uh, on, Quinn. Is it Sting? It isn't Sting. Would you like to have a guess, Jay? Is it Booker T? It isn't Booker T now. In 1987, I was involved in a drive-by shooting that left me dead in the emergency room for three minutes before being revived. I went deep this week with the clues, got some personal stuff. As well as being a former Intercontinental champion, I also held Tag Team Gold with Rico.
0: Uh, Flat
1: Earth. Quinn. Rikishi. Final clue, I was responsible for running over Stone Cold Steve Austin. It is Rikishi. Rikishi. Rikishi Fatu, yeah, he started as a, a high flying babyface called the Prince Alofa, if you can imagine.
0: Yeah, they were the it was, they were the head shrinkers, weren't they? It was, it was, they were kind of like a high flying tag team. Yeah. As well.
2: uh, he's and been one. he's been Fatu. He's been the Sultan. He's been all sorts. Yeah, he's had a lot of ring names. I thought some of his ring names would maybe give it away too early, so I went with a little bit of a, a different route with Rikishi. But yeah, I'm talking of William Regal, like before the the best stink face sell ever.
1: Was really rude. yeah the stink face is such a weird move isn't it when you boil it down because he must have fucking stunk <laughs> like even yeah. as an even as a joke why would you agree to take that
0: yeah nobody's done it since really it's, they?
1: it's for the biz brother it's for the house, for the house. <laughs> okay so jay takes the victory this week 2-1 and that ties up the series at 2-2 So we're building, I believe, boys, we're building towards a WrestleMania finish. Okay, so that's about us for this week then, boys. It's been another eventful week, as always. It's been fun chatting to you both as well. We will be out on Monday, and we're going to be out every Monday just chatting about the week's events. Next week's going to be slightly different, a very special WrestleMania 17 episode. Please get in touch at Fresh on the Heels on Twitter and Instagram. Just let us know your fondest memories and anything you want us to touch upon going into that week. Uh, It's going to be bye from me and thank you for listening. Cheers, guys. Thanks for listening and I'll see you both next
0: week. Yeah, as always, thank you for tuning in. It's been a pleasure. We'll see you next week. See you next week, guys.